I'm Mike Field. And I'm Mike Butler. And you're listening to our season 12 ad. We have an eclectic group of 13 movies this season, including two 70s classics, The Paper Chase and Sleuth. We talk greed and betrayal within the films Shallow Grave and A Simple Plan, as well as paranoia and the corrupt nature of medical institutions with Unsane. We take on two classic 80s comedies with Just One of the Guys in 48 Hours, and we get dark and moody with In Bruges and Run Lola Run. So check out Forgotten Cinema wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. Hello and welcome to Cracking One Open. I'm Mike. And I'm Elise. In case you guys forgot. Yeah. I know it's been a long week. <laughs> it has been a long week. You know what a long week calls for? A beer. Woo! You know what a long day calls for? Two beers? I was going to say, why do we have to wait a week for a beer? Oh, I don't know. <laughs> why do I have to wait an hour for a beer? True. Why do I have to wait for you to finish your explanation for beer? Oh, shit. Why aren't I drinking a beer right now? <laughs> Damn. I could have pre-beard. You could have. This is my day off when we record. You chose not to. I know. I'm a fool. Foolish. Anyway, this week, we are cracking open Buddy Sprinkles Saves the Day, an <laughs> IPA from Kent Falls Brewing located in Kent, Connecticut. And I am really excited to talk about them again because we covered them Way back when the podcast first started, almost three whole years ago now. Whoa. That's Crazy. when I bought the beer for the cast, right? For mm-hmm. that episode? Yeah, straight yep. from Kent Falls itself. When you were actually able to like hang out at the brewery while I was at a wedding rehearsal. Yeah. It was fun, but also it was kind of lonely. Oh, <laughs> I'm really jealous that you got to go. It looked beautiful. It was gorgeous. Yeah. So since then, we've definitely also had a handful of their beers on tap all of which are delicious, but it's definitely a little bit harder to come by down here by the shore. I actually ended up getting these particular cans up in Hartford, where I have one of my other jobs. Hartford is the capital of Connecticut for anybody listening out of state. Fair. (laughs) Good catch. So that was a, a nice little surprise to discover that they have a slightly different selection in the total lineup there than they do down here. So Kent Falls is a farm brewery. And in fact, it was the first farm brewery in Connecticut. The farm sits on 50 acres of land and focuses on pasture-raised poultry and pork, along with one acre of hops and an acre and a half of cider apples destined for Never Sink Spirits, which is their distillery located in Portchester, New York. Ah. Did you see any of that of Never Sink stuff in the, the long, farm brewery? How long have they been doing that for? It didn't say. Okay, so yeah, maybe that's a... Fairly new. I saw no signs or any notion of that at all. Yeah. Interesting. All right. Well, the farm's land has been in continuous agricultural use for over 250 years. That's nuts. Uh, Camps Road, which was homesteaded by the Camp family in the mid 1700s and is still home to some of the members of the family today, sits quietly in Kent Hollow, just a few miles from their namesake, Kent Falls State Park. 30 years ago, the first non-camp family members since their homestead moved onto this parcel of land to start a dairy farm. The family named their dairy farm uh, 
Pools Day farm and managed a herd of up to 50 cattle up until their retirement, which was around 2012. Kent Falls says, quote, We care for the land as if it has been in our family for generations and espouse the same determination of those that worked on the land before us and to do so while maintaining our rural community. Our goal is not only to make great beer and delicious food, but to craft these products in a manner which supports the communities around us. Social consciousness, sustainability, and brewery-supported agriculture is an inescapable part of who we are. End quote. Remember who you are. (laughs) They strive to work with local farmers not only to create unique beers, but to reestablish the connection between brewing and agriculture in our area. They aim to have a more positive, better farming practices with viable crops for people to grow and run a business off of while not depleting the rich resources that they've been given. The brewery and farm work hand in hand in several ways to reduce their footprint. For example, one of Kent Falls's first big projects was a solar thermal array to supply preheated hot water to the brewery. And being on a well, they have clean water for their beer and a constant temperature of entry into the brewery. In the summer of 2016, a photovoltaic solar panel array was installed on the roof of the old dairy barn turned tasting room. This 26 kilowatt hour system offsets approximately 60% of their electrical usage throughout the year. That's cool. That is cool. Kent Falls also makes use of much of the waste that comes with running a brewery. For example, all of their spent grain, yeast, and hop. Uh, This definitely went through autocorrect. The hop waste and (laughs) spent fruits are composted on the farm with wood chips to create rich natural fertilizer to reinvigorate their plants, including the hops, which goes back into the beer. (gasps) It's the circle of life. Two liking references in <laughs> one episode. In one paragraph. Whoa. Um, they also have a waste water management system that pumps used water out to a municipal waste system, making their pastures free and clean for more intensive rotations and growth cycles. So as the first farm brewery in Connecticut, it was kind of a long road to get to their first brew day back in 2015. Over the course of a year and a half, between 2012 and 2013, they worked with the town of Kent and many state departments to create a special permit to operate a brewery on a farm. It's a point of pride for them that there is now a statewide farm brewery manufacturer's permit. Hmm. The farm actually uh, allows the brewery to function more efficiently, and fermentation itself is most productive when it is a partnership. Kent Falls says... Farmhouse beer is often what brewers refer to as mixed culture, beer which develops a complexity of character due to the slow process of multiple microbes working in conjunction. Over time, brewer's yeast, saccharomyces, wild yeast strains, Britannomyces, and a diverse range of bacteria like lactobacillus, pediococcus et al. all work together in stages to develop a unique one-of-a-kind beer. We believe that a similar approach applies to the even the most straightforward brew. Even our simplest fermentations, for example, our IPAs fermented with traditional common ale strains, are actually a mix of two or three different ale strains, each with its own strength and weaknesses, 
but put together, create a wholly distinct, nuanced character. But let's get to the beer, shall we? Yeah. Named for the farm's tremendous cat, Kent Falls makes this IPA with Connecticut-grown Synergy 2-Row Barley, Wheat and Oats, and Amply Hoplet with Citra, Mosaic, and Vic Secret for an orange citrus burst and a clean, crisp finish. So Citra Hops have an ideal mix of high alpha acids and low cohumulone, which make it good for bittering, but it's excellent as an aroma or flavor addition at any stage from pre to post boil. This is in large part due to their high myrcene content, which is one of the major hop oils, and it's heavily associated with citrus, but can also be found in mango, lemongrass, verbena, and grapefruit. Citra can also lend delicate and desired aromatics, including gooseberry, lychee, mango, melon, grapefruit, orange rind, and passion fruit. Next up are Mosaic Hops, a.k.a. Citra on Steroids, and these are the daughter of Simcoe and Nugget. Mosaic was released in 2012 and can be used for bittering, flavor, and aroma. Triple threat. It has a high alpha acids but low cohumulone levels, making them pleasantly hoppy, with flavors of mango, pine, citrus, and herbs, giving them aromas of tropical and stone fruits. And finally, we've got Vic Secret, which we've only talked about once before. I remember the name, but I was like, well, it's not a common thing we talk about. Not usually, no. Um, So Vic Secret hops were developed in 2000 in Victoria, Australia, alongside sister variety Topaz, but they weren't commercially harvested until 2013. Much like other Australian varieties, Vic Secret developed a reputation for its high alpha acid content and oil composition that imparts pungent tropical fruit notes like pineapple and passion fruit, as well as some spice and pine. It's ideal for dry hopping, but late kettle additions also really emphasize its earthiness, but its fruitiness can get lost. It's most often used in pale ales, IPAs, stouts, and porters. Yeah. Seems like an interesting choice for a stout and a porter. There's a couple other ones that are just like hops that just kind of just seem out of place yeah. in a porter or a stout. But why not? Let's throw them in there. Yeah. I guess if it's not too citrusy, maybe. But that's the thing is that the sat is supposed to have pungent tropical fruit notes. Tropical fruit, but not necessarily lemon. Yeah, that's true. Just kind of sweetness. Yeah. Pineapple and passion fruit. All yeah. right. All right. Let's see how this works. <laughs> how are we going to see how it works? What we, how are we going to do that? Well, we, we got to like. Are we going to crack, crack it, it open? open? Damn it. <laughs> We're so corny. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Wow. Ready it's like, for this? It's like the beer just appeared. It's magic. You should add a sparkle effect when you edit <laughs> this episode. <laughs> Beer just appears out of nowhere here. All right. Let's do it. Ooh, very burst of tropical flavor. Yep. But also pine. Ooh. It's a little lighter than I imagined. 
got quite the head. I mispoured a little bit. Got to wait a second. Uh, yeah, you did. Wah, wah. Oh, look at mine. Perfect pour. Shut up. Perfect pour. Show off. You got to really lean that glass, baby, and then like, slowly pull it back up. I should know better. I am really excited for this. This smells fantastic. I'm not going to lie. I basically bought it for the can art and just relied on the fact that we've always had good luck with Kent Falls. <laughs> oh, yeah. There we go. All right. I'm going for it. Yeah. Cheers. Cheers. Oh, holy orange. Mm-hmm. Very piney and earthy on the back. I was going to say that it doesn't like let go of the fact that there's like, you know, barley and malts and stuff. Yeah. You can still kind of taste those through the the fruitiness. Mm-hmm. It's not a terribly overly fruity IPA. There's really a lot of. There's a lot going body on. body in this. Yeah. Definitely a huge tropical backbone. Yes. And while it does have a pretty soft mouthfeel, it's also very carbonated. <laughs> soft mouthfeel. Sorry. That just sounded <laughs> weird to me. <laughs> um, pillowy. Like I, it's almost pillowy, but still very carbonated. It is pillowy, but I think that's because there's still foam up top. Oh. But yeah, I mean, it is, it is pretty carbonated. Mm-hmm. But I feel like a lot of the more tropical beers tend to be more carbonated. I wonder why that is. I don't know. I could also be completely talking out my ass. You could be. But. Also, random observation going completely off memory because I honestly can't remember the last time I had a double IPA. Mm -hmm. Double IPAs are definitely more pillowy than carbonated. Yeah, I was thinking the same thing. Double IPAs really aren't super carbonated. Generally, yeah. They're more pillowy probably because they're sweeter. Mm -hmm. To offset the fact that they're higher proof. This is very nicely balanced. I'm enjoying this a lot. I would say orange is definitely the most fruit forward flavor in it. I guess, Pet. but it's like... That passion fruit is kind of like playing with it, but I don't really get like straight up passion fruit. Maybe that's what it is. I was going to say it definitely has the, the gives you the sensation of a tropical fruit. Stone though. fruit. Yeah. I feel like I'm getting more passion fruit than pineapple. Just going by the Vic secret uh, description. Um, I feel like it's there. It's just not as prevalent. I think that's what's messing up the orange flavor. Oh, okay. Is the pineapple. Because of the sweetness is cutting the citrus. Maybe. And there's a little bit of acidity, extra acidity that uh, pineapple has mm -hmm. that isn't quite citrus, but it's like yeah. this acid. And I feel like that's maybe I, what I I'm getting. I believe that's called bromelain. <laughs> Thanks, nerd. It's you the, pineapple it's a, it's nerd. It's a digestive enzyme. Yeah. <laughs> It's good. It's light. It as is. Well. Yes. Ooh, at the end, I got some of the pine on that sip. 
I could definitely see drinking this like outside in the summertime. Like it's that light. Yeah. Well, I mean, everything Camp Falls makes if, I mean, you got to test it by going to their tap room, which is this little barn <laughs> and going outside and, and drinking like right next to these fields of wheat. Yeah. Yeah. Camp Falls is awesome. So you go into this little barn and that's their tap room <laughs> and they have meats, uh, like cured meats and meats you could just pick up to cook. Yep. And they had a little chest with all the meats that you could buy and take with you. Mm -hmm. And then you walked in the next room and that was the the tap room. And it was just this little barn, a very small bar mm -hmm. that listed the beers up on the wall, retacked all the Kent Falls shirts. Mm -hmm. They had picnic tables you could eat from and drink from. And then in that same barn, there were crates with glass bottles of uh, aged be of beer they're aging and uh, getting ready to release. And then you walk outside the other end of the barn, yeah, which is all fenced in. And you're basically... On these barrels and benches that are in this field of wheat. Mm -hmm. And out in the distance, there's just trees and, and vines. It, yeah, it's, it's it was really so nice beautiful looking. where we were upstate. I mean, it, it's it's kind of a pain to get to. And you're going down like these little tiny streets. and Yes. And you lose like, cell phone reception. Yeah, no your cell phone your reception. GPS goes, what the fuck are you doing? <laughs> <laughs> Turn around, go home. Yeah, it's really pretty, <laughs> but it is in the middle of nowhere pretty yeah. much. Make sure your phone is charged. Yep. Uh, <laughs> It's like, I think the texts and pictures I tried to send to you took forever. Absolutely. Uh, but, you know, it was still a really nice place. I could see going with a group of people being really fun. Yeah. So obviously, there's no cell reception, really. You're just kind of, all you got is each other. Mm -hmm. Make but it I an want, experience. Yeah, I want a picture-perfect day. It was really nice yeah. out. Uh, it was a really, really nice place. And the people that were selling the beer were really nice and knowledgeable about, like, what beer they had and what you might like and stuff. Awesome. But yeah, it was a really cool place. Cool little barn. It was a different kind of experience because a lot of the breweries around here are breweries we've gone very, to in like, general. Industrial, industrial park, yeah. Fact redone factories or built just to be a brewery. Mm -hmm. Um, but it was nice Which, to do like, one. Which like the vibes are cool, but this is just a nice. Oh no, change. yeah, I love those vibes. Yeah. You know, I don't think you get too many farms that are breweries. Yeah. I mean, we've covered maybe I would actually two be, or three of them only. Um I would say a good three. Norbrook was one of them. Mm -hmm. And I there's Norbrook Kent Falls. Norbrook Kent Falls. There, I feel like there's a third that we've covered once, maybe even twice. And I'm just blanking out on the name. Um. Oh my gang. No, I think I think right? it was within Connecticut. I feel like there's like three types of breweries in Connecticut. There's an industrial park, there's a farm, and then there's like a some guy's garage. Okay, four types. Some guy's <laughs> garage. <laughs> and then there are the breweries that are like older buildings that have been completely renovated, like taken over, like um well A, obviously two roads. That's industrial, but, kind of. They're taking over a factory. Okay. But then there's also the like the one that took over the train station, that old train station. Okay. Yeah, that's true. Um, yeah, there's m definitely multiple venues that we've uh, covered sure. in Connecticut. I just, we, my, my memory <laughs> is not. We've got like New England Brewing Company is going to take over the Savin Rock Museum right on the beach in oh, Western yeah. Connecticut. Yeah. So excited uh, for that. So there's stuff like that. 
where they just kind of take over like areas that you know should have a lot of people yeah and they kind of become centers like of older like historic places. buildings that need to be renovated but are still a very cool place to be which is probably the same with camp falls you know it's a it was a farm farmland that probably wasn't being used very much mm-hmm. and boom let's make it to make beer grow some hops and all that kind of stuff and repurpose it and make it more of a center like a place to want to go yeah that's what kind of breweries do they enhance the area they make people go there people don't want to go to restaurants and get food yeah so brewery isn't necessarily a place to go get like dinner mm-hmm. even if they do have food trucks so i think they really bring everybody together make the area nicer yeah it's uh, definitely a community aspect so I think Kent Falls does that. I mean, who's going to Kent Falls State Park in upstate Connecticut that has no cell phone reception and is in the middle of nowhere? The literal middle <laughs> of nowhere. And I believe when we talked about it the first time, you said that they couldn't have food trucks. There were not because Kent Falls is very, sting- I guess, restrictive of what you can do. Oh, okay. Uh, so they were not allowed food so trucks. So Kent, they were not hoping- Kent Falls. Whatever it is. Yeah. I okay. Yeah, yeah not, what, not the brewery, the, the city. Not the brewery, the city itself, yeah. They would love to have food trucks, but they were not allowed. They were always still fighting it and talking mm-hmm. about it because they thought it like made it seem their area seem lesser. And it's not like there are restaurants around, you know, Kent Falls, the Which stinks, because, yeah. Or Kent, the city, because there's like nothing. <clears throat> um, so I'm sure it's a, a one of those breweries that's like bring your own kind of food. Yeah, well, it's welcome. just bring your own. Because you can't really get any food out around there. Yeah. And they don't allow food trucks for whatever reason, because it makes them seem less fancy. Other than that, why would you go up to Kent? Yeah. You wouldn't. Why would you know about that state park? You wouldn't. Oh, let's go hiking for the day. Let's go check out that state park. And then let's go to Kent Falls Brewery. Mm-hmm. Like, that's why you're going to go. Yeah. And it's it's a beautiful, beautiful uh, brewery. And it's super rural. It's so different than, you know, anybody who's listening who's from Connecticut, you know, Southern Connecticut, where we are, it's very populated. You know, there's New Haven, Connecticut, and there's yeah. Bridgeport right next to us. So there's a lot of more urban centers. There's a lot of more like like cities. And it's it's cool to go up to like the boonies and see a different kind of brewery, like you were saying. Totally different. We only get those first three. We get the some guy's garage, the mm-hmm. industrials or the reclaimed. We don't get the farmland kind of brewery around here. Yeah. And it's interesting to see the actual like you park and you're in this gravel dust parking lot and you pull up and you get the crunch. I would say sounds. the closest we get to that is <laughs> Gouvet Vineyards, which is like 25 minutes away from yeah, us. There's a couple of vineyards that might have that kind of same effect. And we still need to go to Stapa. Yep. But, you know, you don't get a lot of breweries that give you that. So it's, it's no. pretty cool that there's that. And the, as soon as you pull in, you see the vines of hops. But I don't know if they do tours, which would be really cool. Oh, that would be. Because you really don't see a whole lot of the area because if memory serves, and it was a few years ago, mm-hmm. when you park, it kind of rolls over into a hill. So you only see kind of above the top of the hill, the horizon. You can't kind of see like what, you know, rolls on in the distance. Mm-hmm. I mean, the whole thing is surrounded by trees, which is pretty cool. Like yeah. the whole perimeter. And when you're drinking your beer in the outside of the barn. You're surrounded by literal like stings, fields of gold. Yeah. Uh, blowing in the distance with one farmhouse way in the back, uh, front. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's that's pretty cool. And when you leave, there's a, a large lake right there at the front on the cross the street, which is really nice as yeah. well. 
surrounded by trees. Oh, that's pretty. But it is a difficult to get to. I mean, not maybe not difficult to get to, but it's a lot of winding back roads, a lot of yeah roads with no lines that are two railroads, but really only fit one car, <laughs> kind of a thing. And your GPS, like you already said, will fail you. Yeah. <laughs> Make sure you download those maps. <laughs> but this definitely tastes like a camp fall beer, which I it think ha- is interesting. It does have like for an IPA, it has a distinct, a more complex, a complexity to it that most IPAs don't have. I don't know. Yeah, because it's not as bitter as you think it would be with the mm-hmm. tropicalness and it's got malt to it still. You can still... Taste the malt and barley that you usually can't in an IPA that's yeah. got especially this many hops in it. Mm. There's only three. Yeah, but usually whenever we do that many, you can't really taste all the... You really can't go like, oh, there's Distinctly. malt in this IPA. Yeah. yeah, that's fair. Unless it's maybe like bitters or something. Would you like to talk about this amazing can art, which is basically the reason why I got this beer? <laughs> I would. First of all, Buddy Sprinkles. Buddy Sprinkles. Also, I think I saw Buddy Sprinkles when I was there. <gasps> I think. I'm not positive, but I think I did. Jelly. Because you, you leave the little barn mm-hmm. and to leave uh, to go to the bathroom, it's another little barn and mm-hmm. they've got three or four vats, which is probably only part of how they brew or maybe it's the whole thing, but it, they brew in this other little barn and the bathroom's in there. Is that where you said you had to pass by that was like really stinky because of the wart? Yes, because it's just like they leave everything there. But there were a lot of solar panels out there, too. So you could see a lot of solar panels. I think there was like a garbage chute for like reclaiming and recycling Mm -hmm. um, some of the mash. I think that's what smelled. And a lot of like drawings like that people drew of like the cat and stuff like that, I believe right Mm -hmm. there. Uh, So the cat... (laughs) It's this is basically a crossing the Delaware kind <laughs> <Yes>. of picture. <laughs> so Buddy Sprinkles is saving the day because Buddy Sprinkles is George Washington, complete with cape and blue yes. and red with a saber mm-hmm. standing distinguished on the edge of a boat as poor patriots row him and a Kent Fall flag is being held up in the boat. In the background, there's a war <laughs> brewing on the lake. In the background, farms are being burned with rainbows Rainbow by flames. giant unicorns with laser eyes and sprinkles <laughs> about their heads and dark red clouds roll overhead. It's all very, very epic, so very silly. And is this background supposed to be awesome. Kent Farms? Because I see solar panels like tucked behind one of the, the buildings. It probably is Kent Falls, yeah. <laughs> uh I don't believe the both buildings were red like that, but it makes sense because farms and red and it helps just for the image. Yeah. But yeah, those are definitely like the solar panels. I also love the like apocalyptic clouds. Oh no, the apocalyptic clouds are so well drawn. Mm-hmm. They're like those rolling clouds where just the the bottom section where it's rolling is colored in mm-hmm. dark red. And then there's black up above. And the unicorns just have sprinkles falling around them. It's just awesome. But the cat doesn't look at the, the attack. Buddy Sprinkles is focused on one thing and one thing only. The mission at hand. <laughs> uh, the top banner, this is a wraparound can or mm-hmm. a sticker can. Uh, it's a tall boy. The top of the banner has like in a pink banner and it's got Kent Falls. 
and the logo looks like one of those irrigation steps, I believe is their logo. I could be wrong though. But I think it's one of those irrigation steps where the water runs down the steps or up the oh, steps. Oh, I guess that makes sense. I never really thought about it. To me, it just kind of looks like a boat. messed up sailboat. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's a really interesting logo. It's simple, which works. They don't really explain it on the website at all. True. Uh, so that wraps around the top of it. On the side, on the left side, you get the government warning. And, you know, where it's recyclable, which, by the way, this is sold in Iowa, Oregon, Connecticut, Hawaii, New York, Massachusetts, Vermont, or Michigan. Good for them. Uh, Florida and Maryland. That's crazy because they and on the Oklahoma website. Oklahoma and California. Wow. So, I mean, that could just be every can they have does that. Yeah. So maybe not this particular beer, but they do have beers in those states. That means. Okay. Because they were saying on the website that they they self-distribute to the point where they might be driving anywhere up to like 500 miles a week just to get the beer where it needs to go within Connecticut. Yeah, I mean, maybe it's not. Maybe it's just uh, a preset returns thing and they're just like wishful thinking. Yeah. But... I haven't seen a brewery really do states that they don't aren't delivered in. Yeah. But I could be wrong. On the right, it says made with Connecticut grown grains, hopped with citrus mosaic and Vic secret. I like that they put the uh, trademark logos on those. Oh, yeah. Most I'm, people don't. Most people don't. Imperial pale ale, one pint, oh, 6.5 alcohol by volume, brewed and canned by Kent Falls Brewing Company in Kent, Connecticut. KentFallsBrewing.com and Instagram, Kent Falls Brewing. <laughs> Did so, did you notice that Citra and Mosaic have a different? I did. They have the R, which I believe is restricted, and Vic yeah, Secret has it's the just, TM. It's just TM. I believe, and I could be wrong. Vic Secret has to have the TM because obviously it's not Vic Secret; it's Victoria Secret. No, but it's from Victoria, Australia. So I it's, think it's too close. I like, think it's too close. They, could, so they couldn't get it. That's a trademark that's specifically for hops. Okay. Whereas I think like Citra is like, you can't make an energy drink called Citra energy drink. Okay. I think, I think that's what it means. All I could right. be wrong. Yeah. I have no idea what the legality of those <laughs> entails. So, so I think Fix Secret is just basically saying, hey, we're not encroaching on Victoria's Secret. We're But, but we're you hops. can't name anything you else. You can't name Vic a hop secret. Vic Secret. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Or stuff related to beer. That makes sense. Um, but I would definitely check out their website and their Instagram. I'm sure they have awesome photos of their brewery mm -hmm. and their farm. So check that out. Faux show, faux show. At the, at the bottom of that right-hand panel also has Northeast Grain Shed. Yeah. I didn't see anything on the website about that. Grain I, I noticed that. It's a nice logo. little logo. It's very light, but mm -hmm. it's very fancy. And I wonder if just anything that uses those type of grains or yeast like puts that logo on it. Mm -hmm. But I thought that was kind of cool. But yeah, the can's pretty awesome. Buddy Sprinkles crossing uh, the Delaware. Pretty awesome is underselling <laughs> it. This can is epic. I do like that the fire is rainbows. Yes. And I like that Buddy Sprinkles, even though he's got a silly name, is freaking George Washington. Yep. With the most serious face on. Buddy Sprinkles is a champion. And the attack is coming from unicorns. Yeah. <laughs> with lasers coming but out of their eyes. you know what that eyes. means? Buddy Sprinkles is going to fight giant, you know, five, that, that unicorn is clearly like five stories tall. 
He's going to yep. fight those five-story tall unicorns with his saber. Buddy Sprinkles is a champion. Buddy He's Sprinkles is a badass. A hero. And yes, a badass. Buddy Sprinkles, this sips for you. Cheers. Cheers. To Buddy Sprinkles! To Buddy Sprinkles. But yes, I do recommend everyone go to Kent Falls if you can. Or go to whatever your local farm brewery is because it's it's a really cool experience and I think it's different than what most people might anticipate. Unless, of course, you live in the middle of like rural Texas or Tennessee or something and you're yeah. not used to that. Then obviously, eh, go find an industrial park one or a reclaimed factory one. Mm-hmm. Although I feel like those are also all over the farmland. So you might be okay there as well. Yeah. That's all I've got for you. Well then. Thank you guys for tuning into this week's episode. And if you enjoyed it, please rate it, review it, share it with your friends, and subscribe to catch our future episodes. You can find us on crackandwhenopen.com or Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcasts. You can also follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at crackandwhenopen, or shoot us an email at crackandwhenopen at gmail.com with any comments, questions, or suggestions, because we always want to hear from you what else you got to plug well i've got my podcast forgotten cinema podcast i do with my buddy mike field where we talk about films that seem to be forgotten by audiences whether it be because a more popular movie was released at the same time or the film simply didn't catch on with an audience in its initial run we'll discuss what we love about the movie maybe don't love about it but we'll always recommend you revisit it you never know you might find your own forgotten gem we're available wherever podcasts can be found or forgotten cinema podcast.com or forgotten entertainment.com because like this podcast we're all part of the forgotten entertainment family why there check out all the other great podcasts we have available to you and then while you're at it keep me out of my day job buy my audiobooks i'm on audible michael butler look up switch our fucking gangsters sour the final girl coffee at midnight murder of kelly christopher progressive entrapment check out all of those books buy them you know buy them for your friends buy them for your enemies buy them for your relations buy them for strangers uh, the more you buy them, the more I uh, get. I don't get paid unless people buy those books. So buy enough of those books and I can get out of my day job, which I absolutely despise. Uh, yeah, don't yeah, say. That's what I got. All right. Well, first off, Empty Glass Club. Ooh, not me. <laughs> I like it. I did too much talking, probably. You did. Uh, but also, special thanks for our theme, which was composed and performed by Joe Reichert. Until next time. Cheers. Cheers.